Thank you for joining us. We're having and continue. well, we're actually starting a brand new series here entitled Jonah. We've all heard, uh, most of us have heard the story of Jonah, and so we're glad that you guys are here with us as we get ready to share in this story. Uh, we're going to be dealing with Jonah for the next couple of weeks, so we're going to kind of go through the book of Jonah itself and kind of pull and extract some points from there and some principles and some truth. Um, we're going to ask that if you have your Bibles, you're turned to the book of Jonah, you guys are going to say, where's that? And that's fine. As you're looking through your Bibles or flipping through your apps to get to the book of Jonah, um, we'll also have the scriptures on the screen for you as well. So while you're flipping through Jonah, I'm going to pray for us real quick. Uh, dear God, we thank you for uh, your grace. We thank you, Father, for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for everything that you've done and what you're going to do in our lives. Open up our hearts, our ears, our, our minds to receive your truth, to dive richly into your word and to experience you at higher heights and deeper depths, Father. We ask that you bless us and open up our ears to receive your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have the uh, book of Jonah, we're going to ask you to turn to chapter 1. We're going to ask that everyone stands as we honor uh, God's word as we read it. Jonah, we'll be reading from verses, um, the story takes place from Jonah, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 16, but for the sake of your mental health, we're going to go through only verses 1 through 3. Verses 1 through 3. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in from the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Amen. You guys may be seated. You guys may be seated. We're dealing with this story, uh, the story of Jonah, this character named Jonah. Most of you guys are very familiar with Jonah. If you haven't heard the story, if you don't remember it in Sunday school, um, I definitely am sure that you guys have seen the movie VeggieTales and their story of Jonah. One way or another, you've seen or heard the story of Jonah. If you're not familiar with it, uh, we're going to kind of go through it as we read the scriptures, and we're going to also talk about it a little bit. Um, Jonah has been asked by God to go on um, an adventure, and this adventure is to go and share the Word of God to a group of people that uh, Jonah and his people aren't friends with. Um, Jonah has been asked to go to the city of Nineveh, and he's supposed to go speak to the Ninevites and share the Word of God. He's supposed to preach the gospel to these people. He's supposed to preach the gospel to these people that their lives would be changed. He's supposed to share a message that they would repent from all of their wicked ways. The problem is that Jonah and the Israelites do not like those people that are in the city of Nineveh. They don't like the Ninevites. They are arch enemies. They can't stand each other. And so the last thing Jonah wants to do is travel this great distance to share a message with people that he hopes would ultimately be eradicated. The last thing he wants to do is share a message that would change their lives when he's hoping, and his people have been hoping for these people to die forever. You guys with me so far? Like, the last thing he wants to do is share any kind of goodwill to people that have been negative, horrible, mean, have been treating them horrible, have been treating them all, in all kinds of ways, slapping them with fish. If you watch the Jonah videos, you know what I'm talking about, VeggieTale videos. He says, basically, I just don't want to go there. And so God is asking him to share a message with people he can't stand, and he's been praying for their downfall, and God wants him to bring a message that would change their life. And so Jonah decides, I'm going to hop on a ship and go as far away as I possibly can from these people. If you can kind of do the mileage in your head, God is asking Jonah to take a traveling trip basically from here to about South Carolina. It's about 500 miles is kind of the distance. 
Jonah decides, I'm not going in that direction. In fact, I'm going clear-cut in the opposite direction. He goes down to this port, and he hops on this ship, this ship uh, in Joppa that's getting ready to go to Tarsus. Now, Tarsus is about 1,500 miles in, in the opposite direction from where he is right now. So we're talking about if he was taking a trip from here, right here, to about Texas is where he's trying to go. You guys with me so far? He's trying to get as far away as he possibly can. Now, if you understand what's happening down in Tarsus, you understand that Tarsus is not a cruise trip. You don't take a trip to Tarsus to cruise. You don't take a trip to Tarsus to vacation. You don't take a trip to Tarsus to go have fun. You take a trip there because this is how you make and do with your livelihood. What happens in Tarsus is simply this. You take all of your belongings, everything that you've made, all of your resources, your silver, your, uh, your, 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 uh, your, uh, your peppermints, your tea bags, all those things that you have. You take all of these things, your herbs, your spices, your cows, your monkeys, whatever it is, and you take it all the way down there and you trade. And you trade down there and some people trade for you and this is your whole livelihood. You guys with me so far? You do not take a trip down to Tarsus for vacation. You take it because you're taking all of your goods and you're going to trade down there. You're going to make money and bring that back to your family, and that's how you're going to support. So Jonah decides to hop on this ship. He pays his ticket. He gets on this ship. And if you do the full math, he's basically going 1,500 plus the 500 God asked him to go. He's basically taking a trip from here to about Arizona. It's as far as he's trying to get away from doing what God asked him to. And he hops on this ship with all of these people that are getting ready to trade their finances and their resources so that they can have money for their family and friends, so they can provide for their family, so that they can have a way of life. He hops on this ship, and he starts going in this opposite direction. And here's where I want to share with you guys today. There are some people that are on your ship that are about to cause you a lot of problems. There's some people on your ship that God never intended to have on your ship. They're going to cause you a lot of issues. This is where we do a little call and response. You guys ready? Put your hand on your chest and say, get off my ship. Look at somebody next to you. Don't worry about it. Just look at them and say, get off my ship. You already got it. One more time. Look over here to the other side. Look somebody else on the other side. Say, get off my ship. These are going to be the most valuable and critical words that you could ever share in your life. And I want you to do this one more time. I want you to do this one more time. Take that hand of yours and that other hand of yours, if you can, and put them both right here on your chest and say, get off my ship. Because sometimes the person that's on your ship that's causing you all the problems is you. It's supposed to be real interesting today. We have all of our background. We've got all of our information. We've got all the things that are going on. Let's get into our first point of five points I want to share with you. I want to talk about get off my ship. And the first point I want to share with you is you are losing valuable possessions. I want you to look at verse 4 and 5 of Jonah. Please read that for me. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw a cargo overboard to lighten the ship. Here's what's happening. They are on the seas. They're headed down to Joppa. I'm sorry, to uh, to Tarsus. They're getting ready to trade all these valuable possessions so that they can have money and resources for their family. As they're on this ship, as they're on the sea, the winds and the waves begin to start cranking up. 
God is basically disappointed that Jonah is going in a different direction, so he starts to cause all this chaos and, and hecticness all in the life of Jonah. The problem is that while he's causing all this hecticness and this craziness to Jonah, everybody else is with Jonah is catching the same craziness and hecticness as well. So what's happening is that the Scripture tells us that the wind is blowing one way and the water is going another way, and so the boat is literally beginning to be wrung. It's literally twisting. It's literally cracking. The wood is break, breaking. The bow is breaking. The wind and the waves are raging against each other to where the, po- where the boat is starting to crack and twist and turn, and the boat begins to take on water. The boat is beginning to what? Sink. And so the people on the ship trying to be able to make it to where they're trying to get to, they start to do something that anybody would do. You want to lighten the load when your ship is starting to sink. And so they start grabbing in the bottom of this verse, they start grabbing the stuff, the cargo it says, and starts throwing overboard the stuff. Well, that's no big deal if it's not your stuff. But they're not throwing over seats. They're not throwing over sheets. They're throwing over cargo, and the only thing on this ship is valuable possessions that they're going to use to trade so that they can have life and sustain for the next season of life. Somebody on your ship is costing you all kinds of valuable stuff. Some people on your ship are costing you meals. They keep coming over your house, eating up all your food, all your Litos, everything is gone. Because of some of the people you have connected on your ship. Some people, they're costing us love. They're costing us our time and our affection. And we keep loving these people and they keep hurting us because we got the wrong people on our what? Ship. And they're costing us our feelings and our values and our hearts and our emotions because we're connected to people that are costing us love because God never intended for us to be connected to certain kinds of people. Oh, I love you so much, girl. And that love is hurting us. We have people that we're connected to that are costing us something we can never, ever, 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 ever get back. Our time. I'm giving you my conversations. I'm giving you my thoughts. I'm giving you my feelings. I'm giving you my words, my prayers. I'm giving you everything, and you're costing me the one thing I can never get back, my time on my phone, on my job, email, text message, tick, 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 time. Almost frisbeed this thing for a second. There are some people that are literally costing me moments of my life that I can't get back. Some folks are costing you your reputation. I got this at a men's retreat one year for being awesome in the activities that we did. Some of us have all kinds of trophies, world's greatest dad, world's greatest father, world's greatest mom, world's greatest coworker, world's greatest listener, world's greatest helper, and our reputation is being crushed because of the people that we're connected to. Because birds of a feather oftentimes, what, flock together. Y'all know the old saying. And certain people that we're connected to are making other people look at us like, them? You guys, some people are costing us our reputation. If you're a kid, 
if you're a kid, there's some people in here that are costing you your cell phone time because they keep getting you in trouble. Oh, it got quiet all of a sudden. All the teenagers just checked out. Bloop. They're costing you your minutes. They're costing you your time. They're costing you your activities. They're costing you your Instagram and your Facebook and dep, 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 costing you all this stuff because of the people we're connected to. You have to understand that the wrong people connected to your life will cost you valuable, precious things, and a lot of times it's not their stuff, it's your what? Your stuff. They didn't say anything about Jonah throwing over his stuff. You know why? Watch this in point number two. Not only do you need to understand that people are costing you valuable possessions that shouldn't be on your ship. But point number two, you need to identify the problem people that are costing you stuff. Watch verses seven through eight. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused a terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as a culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? They go down. Everybody's tossing all of their stuff off this ship. They're in panic mode. They're worried. They're concerned. They're giving up all their valuable possessions, everything that they have, just so they can make it, just so they can stay what? Afloat. Uh, it's too early. All right. Just so they can stay afloat, they're giving up everything. And they're trying to figure out what's going on. Why is life so hectic? And there's this one guy on the ship by the name of Jonah who is fast asleep. Everybody else is having a problem. Everybody else is worried about the wind and the waves. And here's Jonah fast asleep, being rocked asleep by this wonderful storm that he caused. They finally get to Jonah, and they shake him, and they, and they push him. And they say, hey, listen, what's going on? They all do this thing where they kind of draw lots. They all try to figure out what's going on. And the short lot, the short thing falls on Jonah. And they say, it must be you. You're the cause. You're the problem. If you're going to be able to start to have peace in your life, you need to identify problem people. When did my problems start? Mm. When did my issues start? When did these struggles start? A lot of times I can track my bad choices and bad decisions based upon the people I hung out with. A lot of times I can start to see my life take a whole different drastic turn when I start realizing what people came into my life. Not only what people came into my life, but what theology from people that I adopted my life and my mentality and my thoughts and my plans and my hopes and my dreams started to turn in a different direction. It's a lot of times that when I start realizing what did I hang out with, who did I hang out with, what time did I spend, what thoughts process did I start adopting, when did I start seeing my life take this drastic, horrible, bad, sad, sorrowful turn. And a lot of times it started with you whoever you is. And so they go to Jonah and they ask him these questions. They say, who are you? You need to identify problem people. You need to ask these four questions. Who are you? What's your line of work? What do you do for a living? A lot of times what you did in life back then identified with who you were. Y'all with me? So they would say, I'm a fisherman. Okay, well, that means that your whole process and thought and lifestyle and where you live and how you operate and where you do life is by the sea. You're a fisherman. You have a certain kind of lifestyle. He says they wanted to identify the lifestyle that he lived. He says, who are you? He says, what's your line of work? 
Another question you need to ask is, what country are you from? What's your history? What's your background? When they say what country you're from, they said, I want to know your credit check. I want to know your credit history. I want to know all of everything about you. I need to know every single bit of you. We get involved in relationships way too fast, and we don't know people's history. Oh, I'm going to leave that alone because I know we can go down a tough, 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 tough road. We get involved with a lot of folks. And we didn't do the credit check. We didn't do the history check. You get married with $28,000 worth of debt. And they got $300,000, $100,000 worth of debt. Y'all was in love and cute and handsome and holding hands. And now, oh, my Lord. Dude, it's tight today. <laughs> We get connected with these people and we don't know their history and their background and their information. As we find out, we start doing things, we find out that their history and their background is tied to this reputation. And this reputation, because we're connected, is now costing me what? My reputation. You need to do a background check on folks. You need to scroll through their Facebook, their Instagram. Shoot, get their blood type if you can. Everything. They ask them, what is your nationality? In other words, they ask him, what area do you claim religious uh, connection with? You need to figure out exactly where people are religious-wise, Christian, uh, unsaved, saved, uh, living vibrantly, backslid. We need to figure out where you are in life because a lot of our conversation, your thought and theology is going to determine my thought, conversation, and theology based upon where we line up at. Y'all know I do so much marriage counseling, and when I do marriage counseling, I get two people that are Christians, and they're ready to get married, and we start talking about deep stuff, and all of a sudden, we find that this version of Christianity is totally different from this person's version of Christianity, and now we got some marital, premarital issues, and it's hard to kind of take a pause because we've already started investing into the wedding. Are you guys with me? And this gets weird, or we find out that we have different theologies on how to raise kids and, and our theology on what we should do in marriage and how we do with conflict, how we do with... And, uh, it's a struggle, but I love him so much. Hello. Got <laughs> <Cattle> a witness. <laughs> And so you understand that you got to start asking deep questions. I understand that we both go to church, but what is your theology of being a Christian? What is your, what is your view of Scripture? What is your view on belief? What is your view? I need to figure out what your theology is because if we're not careful, we're going to appoint you and anoint you some great person in our mind or in our church, and then when we start doing life together, And then we got to throw people off the ship, or we need to. Oh, well, it's getting tight. Um, <laughs> and so they start asking these questions. You and I need to identify the problem people in our life and if we're going to be successful. It comes to point number three, which is my favorite part of this whole entire message. Point number three, um, problem people pressure you. Watch verse 12. Here's what Jonah says, verse 12. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. It's all my fault. 
I'm the cause of all of your problems and all of your drama. I know what the issue is. I just won't leave you. You got to leave me. You the issue, get off the ship. But I can't leave you. And they put all the pressure on you to make all the decisions. Problem people always pressure you. They pressure you financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. They press you and pressure you and press you and pressure you to make all of the tough decisions. If you're in a relationship with a problem person and all the tough decisions fall on you, if all the decisions fall on you, you probably need to get off your ship. And here's this problem person that says, I am the main issue of everything, all this drama, all the storm, all the problem, and guess what? I need to get off your ship, but you're going to have to do it. What kind of person puts that kind of responsibility on somebody when you know you're the problem? I don't have a pen. I just, you can hear it drop. It's so quiet. I don't even have a pen. It's crazy. It's just, bloop. It's just, wow. Here's number four. Point number four. Let me get out your hair because I know it's getting tough for you guys. Let me get out your hair. Uh, Jonah verse, uh, 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 verse 13 says this. It, it lets us know it says this. We try to, try to understand that there's a problem person. This problem person puts all this pressure on us. And point number four, the, the problem person, um, um, you want to protect that problem person. Watch this. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. So Jonah says to them, if you want to have freedom in your life, if you want to experience your best life, if you want to have the best life possible, here's what you got to do. I want you to be responsible for what may happen to me. So I want you to throw me off this ship. And man, that's a heavy responsibility, isn't it? to think that we're going to take somebody and throw them over a ship, not knowing what their fate is. Clearly, the water is rough. The winds are blowing. Our ship is barely making it. How is one person going to survive versus our ship? And we're not going to do that. Listen, you may be the problem person, but listen, we're going to get to our destination, and then we'll get rid of you. So we're going to row as hard as we possibly can in this storm in our toughest moments, and we're going to get there. You just hang in there, buddy, and we're going to make it. And they start rowing. And I can imagine they're putting all their effort and all of their strength. They're doing all their can. Their oars are in the water. They're trying to move that sail around. They're doing everything they can to get somewhere that God never intended somebody to go in the first place with people he never intended them to get with. And they're using all of their muscle and all of their strength and all of their might trying to get to a destination God never called that person to go with them to. You have dreams and goals and aspirations, and you're wondering why you can't get there and why you're so frustrated and why you're so angry and why you're so becoming bitter and hateful and spiteful. You're putting everything you have into it, and you can't get to where God called you to, and you don't know why. It's not you. It's because of the person connected to you. You've checked your heart. You've checked your resources. You've given everything you have, and the problem is you can't get to where God has called you to go. You can't get to what's going to bring you life because of the people connected to you. And it's frustrating. It's hard because the last thing we ever want to do is throw somebody over the ship. They didn't know this guy 12 hours ago. Just some dude that paid the ticket. 
but we value life. And we'll go to amazing odds. We'll go through amazing things to make sure people are okay. And that's for folks we don't know. How much further will we go with people that we've known for a few weeks or a few years or a grandmother or a cousin or an aunt or an uncle? How much more will we dig deep to try and make it with people God never called us to hang out with and go with and all of a sudden it happens? We're protecting problem people. And then point number five happens. Peace. Jonah 1, 14 through 15. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. O Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. O Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. Look at that. Look at that. The storm they couldn't row through. The storm they couldn't pray through. The storm they couldn't get through. The storm they had been facing and fighting with people they had no business being on. This storm of unbelievable proportion stops the minute Jonah's tail hits the water. I would say to each and every one of you, including myself, there are people on our ship that's causing us to meet and causing us and stopping us from meeting our destiny, our purpose, and our direction. And the minute you get certain people off your ship, you'll have peace. It's interesting because if you read through this passage of Scripture, it doesn't say that the winds and the waves instantly, um, they, they, it doesn't say that it slowly becomes calm. Did y'all, you see, you see where I'm going with this? It doesn't say, if you've ever like, if you ever like splash water in the sink or at your kids or something or somebody, you'll notice that that water for a few moments will do this, and then it'll kind of bottom out a little bit, and then you'll still see a little rocking in the water. That's not what happened in this passage of Scripture. As soon as Jonah hit the water, peace. It was instant. The water did one of these. If you want peace in your life, some people, you got to get off your ship. Stop rowing, stop pushing, stop calling, stop texting, stop receiving, stop answering. I just got to get off. And God says that in that moment, you will experience instant peace. Not a few days later, peace. Not a few moments, peace. Not a few weeks, peace. Not after everything gets worked out, peace. Instantaneous peace when you get rid of certain people on your ship. The question I have for you is how much longer are you willing to lose all of your stuff and your sanity and your sleep and your hope and your dreams for somebody that doesn't belong on your ship? Hello. If you read a little bit further in this passage of Scripture, if you read a little bit further, you'll find out that the minute they threw him over, that each one of them claimed his God is their God because they recognized how powerful God is. Read, read some more through the passage of Scripture. 
to, to chapter 2, just to the beginning of chapter, right, right to when chapter 2 starts, you'll see that as soon as he hit the water, they were so amazed about the peace that they experienced that they literally said that this moment we adopt your God is our God. Because earlier it says that each man checked out and asked their own God, why is this storm happening? And then they went to Jonah and they said, what God do you serve? And Jonah said, I serve the God of the, of the sea and the land and all that. He said, I serve this God. He says, you're the reason why we're dealing with all this. And they try to do all this stuff with Jonah. And the minute Jonah hits the water, they recognize how powerful Jonah's God is. And they humble themselves and say, this is the God that we choose to serve. I promise you, when you get rid of problem people on your ship, you will not only experience the peace of God, but you'll experience a powerful relationship with God because you'll recognize just how powerful He is. I told this story a few weeks ago. I told you about this kid named Travis Ivey. Did I tell you about Travis Ivey? I told some of it. I didn't tell everybody. I, and I, I told you guys, I kind of alluded to this story a few weeks ago. I spoke at this high school, a private high school. Where I preached this message, this exact same message. I went into the cafeteria at lunchtime, and I found that all of the high school kids were all at different tables, 8, 9, 10, 12 kids at this table that only sits 8, and the whole cafeteria was overcrowded at different tables, and there was one kid sitting at a table by himself. His name was Travis Ivey. And I walked over to Travis, and I said, Travis, what's wrong? Why are you sitting by yourself? And Travis said, everybody in this whole entire high school has kicked me off this ship because of the message you preached. And I said, wow. I sat down with Travis. I said, Travis, this is really not good news. I'm sorry to hear this. He said, I can't believe I'm messing up everybody's life. And I said, Travis, you know, chapter 2 of Jonah's life is really interesting because God still does great things with them. I said, sometimes you got to hit the water, buddy, to recognize who God is. And Travis turned that GPA that was like a two-point, barely could play basketball and football, into a scholarship to the University of Maryland. He took his time and his activities and his strength, and he turned that attitude and that mentality into football play and became a defensive end for the University of Maryland. And not only did he become a defensive end, but then he decided that he played so hard and worked so hard and his grades were so awesome that the Miami Dolphins said, I want that guy, and they put him on his team. They took a kid named Travis Ivey whose grades were in the 11th grade who heard this kind of message that his life had to be thrown off the ship. And we're so worried about the Travis Ivies in our life. When they hit the water, God will take care of them. Because God's got a purpose and a plan for folks. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're their Savior. God is their Savior. And so let the Savior of the universe start saving people and you stop worrying about folks that God never intended for you to save. <sighs> really concerned about our life. I'm really concerned about folks. I don't have time to worry about everybody. I want to pray for them. I want to love them. I want to hug them. I want to share with them. I want to give them encouraging text messages. I want to come to your house two or three times and we'll talk about life. I don't have time to invest all of my life into your life because then you're going to drain me of my life. And there's certain people that either you're going to get it or you're not. 
And if God's the God of the universe, my prayers work just as good right in front of you as they do all the way on the other side of the street or all the way on the other side of town. And so I will pray for you, and I will love you, and I will encourage you, and I'll hug you, but you're not going to be a person that drains me and brings me down. And it's hard to identify and figure out how to do that, but I think through God's Word and His truth and His principles, it doesn't make you a jerk. It makes you somebody that understands Jesus. Here's your takeaway for today. It's time to get some people and things off your ship. It's time to get some people and some things off your ship. I know you had a New Year's resolution. Congratulations, you didn't make it. <laughs> I'm going to be 28 pounds lighter and run. No, yeah, it didn't happen, bro. Sorry. The great thing about the God of the universe that we serve is he does not need a certain time or date or resolution or a new year for you to start doing things better. He's a God that works instantaneously. And so the God of the universe is saying to you and I, there is an opportunity to get some people off of your ship. There's an opportunity to get some things off of your ship. And those people and things do not have to wait to a special invitation, a special service, a special moment. It happens right when you decide to make it happen. It's time to get some people off your ship. It's time to get some things off your ship. Watch everyone cringe, and then I'll leave you alone. If you have a cell phone, hold it up in the air. I got a cell phone. If you got a cell phone, hold it up in the air. You got big, deep pockets over there. There you go, cell phones. Everybody ready? All right, my phone is on. Go to that contact list in your phone. Hey, I'm right here with you. What's, what's wrong? Hello? Y'all all right? Y'all good? They couldn't see me. I, that's what it was, because there's a pole there. I got it. Let's try it again. The pole was there. All right, here we go. Coming up. Here we go. Here's Faith. All right, here we go. Contacts. Here we go. I want you to think of some problem people on your ship that aren't just on your ship, but they're in your phone. Here we go. Go to, this is my favorites. I don't have anybody in my favorite. I'm on the contact page. You guys ready? We're stepping out. All right, I'm going to give you about 20 seconds. Oh, you already know who they are. I can hear you. You know who they are already. All right, here we go. We're going to scroll through, and we're just going to click on their name. Scroll, you know who they are. You can type them in the search bar too. Uh, I know one. Here we go. How do you spell his name? W I N. <laughs> you know who that is. <laughs> she knows who that is. He knows who that is. Here I am. I'm doing it. I got his name right here. I'm going to block call. No, that's not the same. It's just deleting them. Delete contact. Bye. Almost gave him a finger. Bye. I've been waiting to get rid of him a long time. Bye. You can send me an email if you want. Whatever. Um, got about 10 more seconds. Oh, man. I want to let go of that person so bad. Here's the problem about letting go of this person. This person has connection with other people. You, you guys been there before? Like, if I let go of them, whatever. We're in church. Jesus understands my heart. We're going right to this name. You guys can't see that one. Uh, 
Nope. And there it is. Delete. Bye. See you later. That's two. The pastor did two. How many you did? I did two right in front of you. You got two? Testify, brother. Here we go. I'm going to give you 10 more seconds to start scrolling through and getting them. Here you go. You got 10 seconds. Feel like I'm coaching football. Eight more seconds. Come on, guys. Dig deep. Dig deep. Come on. Tough one. Tough one. I literally just saw somebody do one of these. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's still in the same letter block. No, 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 no. Come on. Five more seconds. That's somebody calling them right now. <laughs> it is so difficult to let go of stuff you know you ought to let go of. You're thinking of what you're tied to, your finances, relationships. Do you want peace? Bye. Two seconds. Here's your takeaway. It's time to get some people and some things off of your ship. Time to get some apps off your phone. Whoa, we'll move away. I heard laughter. <laughs> you guys heard that one? It's time to say, oh, I'm never coming to this church again. <laughs> it's time to get some apps off your phone. It's time to get some people off your phone. It's time to get some people out of your life. It's time to get some things out of my life. Alito sure was good last night. Probably need a few less of those. It's just for me. It's time to let some things go. Let's pray. Father God of the universe, the God that knows all things, the God that is great and powerful, Father, you know our struggle, our struggle to be successful, our struggle to reach the ultimate highs that you have for us. Lord, let us humble ourselves in your presence. Let us surrender to your will. The people and things are not as important as the relationship and desire you have for us. Let us identify the Jonas and delete them from our lives. The Jonas that we struggle with, that we ranked in order, it wasn't our number one Jonah. Father, Jonah number five and Jonah number 12, give us grace and strength to delete them from our lives. Give us faith. Give us trust. And let's experience the peace you so desire for us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.